Chapter One of Prisoner of the Mill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Prisoner of the Mill by Harry Hazelton. Chapter One Brother and Sister Forebodings Nettleton. War. Oh, how much of misery is expressed in that one word. It tells its own tale of woe of blood of broken hearts and desolated homes of hopes blighted of poverty and crime of plunder peculation and official tyranny of murder and sudden death in short it develops all the baser passions of the human heart changing a peaceful world to a world of woe over which the destroying angel well might weep come o thou angel peace the army of the mississippi as it was termed had been unsuccessful in their pursuit of the rebel general price a portion of it or rather the division commanded by general seigel had advanced from springfield missouri upon the wilson creek road as far as the famous battleground rendered immortal by the death of general lyon but finding no enemy it had encamped upon grand prairie a few miles to the west of the bloody field all in camp was upon the tiptoe of expectation the lovely scene spread out before the view was sufficient to inspire the heart of man to great and glorious deeds the broad rolling prairie lay there like heaven's great carpet the long grass waved in the breeze presenting the appearance of a deep green sea undulating in low swells as if queen mab's wand were wafting over it the autumn's frost had changed thousands of the delicate emerald blades to purple, yellow, and scarlet, while intermixed with these was the white prairie flower, lending to the scene an almost fairy-like aspect. The large Fremont tents were arranged in rows in a tasty manner. Flags were flying, bands were discoursing sweet strains which echoed far and wide. Squads of soldiers in vari-coloured uniforms were lounging lazily on the grass, while those detailed for mess or guard duty were busily prosecuting their assigned tasks. To the east of the camp appeared a wall of forest kings, their verdure also touched by the frost, presenting a variety of colours and glistening in the sunlight. Few in that small army had witnessed the horrors of the battlefield, but like all green troops, conceiving that there was much of romance connected with the deadly field, and that heroes were created by a single brave deed. The mass of Seigel's men were eager to meet the foe. It had been given out that the entire army was to join this division on the prairies, and that an advance was to be made at once against Price, who was then at Cassville, some forty miles distant to the southward. "'I think we can safely count upon a desperate battle by the day after to-morrow,' exclaimed one of the party of five, seated within a captain's tent four of whom were at a table, with cups and wine before them. The fifth person was making himself generally useful, acting in the capacity of a servant. "'You have fleshed your maiden's sword at Springfield, and I did not suppose you would be anxious for another fight. I confess I cannot gaze upon such scenes without a shudder, and, if duty would permit, I would willingly sheathe my sword for ever.' "'Captain Hayward, you are low-spirited to-day,' answered the first speaker. "'I am indeed, Lieutenant Wells, and can you wonder? My sister is here.' "'I only wish mine was.' 
that is a rash wish my friend she will be exposed to much danger and i never want mine to gaze upon a battlefield no when men cut each other's throats delicate sensitive women should not be near could you find no way in which to send her from springfield to st louis asked wells i could have done so by the mail coach but you know the entire distance of one hundred and thirty miles from springfield to rolla or to tipton upon the other route is infested with guerrillas and i feared to send her i preferred she should brave the dangers of the camp or even the battlefield with me captain hayward bent his head upon his hands and was silent it was some moments before any one ventured to speak all appeared to be oppressed with a strange sadness at length one of the party captain gilbert slapping him familiarly upon the shoulder and endeavouring to speak gaily said come come harry this won't do you must shake off every vestige of blues you are suffering still from the wound you received in the warsaw skirmish and it makes you low-spirited no doubt your sister will be perfectly safe and i know she had much rather be with you to assist you should you need her aid than to be safe in st louis enduring the tortures of suspense hayward made no reply at this moment a female delicate and fair came tripping lightly into the tent her face wreathed in smiles and her eyes sparkling with delight but as she caught sight of hayward she paused and gazed upon him for a moment exhibiting the most intense interest then advancing and placing her hand upon his shoulder she spoke brother hayward started and clasping her in his arms he pressed her close to his heart for a moment but gazing into his eyes she asked what is the matter dear harry you appear ill the countenance of hayward underwent an instant change as he replied not ill but somewhat depressed in spirits perhaps in view of what a day may bring forth oh harry she said i hear there is going to be another fight will you have to go into it and leave me should there be a battle i shall endeavour to protect you dear sister but you will be in danger perhaps wounded perhaps killed oh what would i do then don't go harry and the gentle girl threw her arms around her brother's neck and wept after a moment he raised her and pressing his lips to her forehead said i wish to speak with these gentlemen a moment go to your friend alibamo's tent i will come for you soon the sister cast back a look of fond solicitude and left the tent hayward gazed after her a moment muttering audibly poor child what would you do if i should fall you would indeed be alone now captain i don't think that's half fair exclaimed the one spoken of as being the servant do you think i am such a darn skunk as to if you was killed the darn not to fight for my captain's sister the skunk no i mean if you die if she dummy if i don't i i and the speaker as if unable to express what he did mean suddenly left the tent all present smiled broadly and good humour was thus for the moment infused in all hearts nettleton had a sudden call said one he has gone to the sutlers for a dictionary asked another his heart is in the right place remarked hayward that's so responded all with emphasis you are safe with such a darn skunk for your bodyguard captain hayward gilbert declared with comic seriousness william nettleton was in height about six feet his general appearance was very singular 
His hair was nearly white, naturally so, his eyes of a light green and large, his carriage very loose. Indeed, when he walked, one would almost expect to see him fall in pieces. His feet were huge in dimensions. He had the appearance of a half-witted, illy-formed person. But he was, withal, neither one nor the other. Having been detached from the company to which he belonged, to act as servant to Captain Hayward, he soon became so greatly attached and devoted to the captain, as to be styled his bodyguard. This attachment was not fictitious, nor did it proceed from a spirit of military sycophancy or subserviency. It was felt Nettleton had evinced more than ordinary courage on several occasions, and had also displayed so much judgment with his intrepidity that he had received orders of advancement, but these he declined, preferring, as he expressed himself, to stay with my captain, the first what promoted me. It will also be well to explain the presence of ladies in the camp. Miss Mamie Hayward was the sister of Captain Hayward, who, having received intelligence that her brother was wounded, had visited Springfield for the purpose of ministering to his wants. At the time of her arrival, Fremont's Army of the Mississippi was marching upon that place, and the journey from Roller or Tipton was safe. But soon those roads were infested with guerrillas, and as they were poorly guarded, it was not thought prudent that the ladies who had reached Springfield should attempt to return. Miss Hayward, therefore, remained with her brother. This same reason will apply to all the ladies in camp, for which there were several, conspicuous among whom was the wife of Adjutant Hinton, one of the officers of the well-known Benton Cadets. She was usually addressed as Alibamo, her name when a captive in Price's hands. She was very beautiful, and of that daring, determined nature which has immortalized so many women of the West. In company with Alibamo, was a young lady who acted in the capacity of waiting-maid, but who really appeared more like a companion. This female possessed the not particularly euphonious name of Sally Long. No, Wells, you informed me of your affection. I must join with Nettleton in my reproaches, Captain Hayward, answered Lieutenant Wells in a subdued tone. You forget my conversation with you last night. No, Wells, you informed me of your affection for my sister, but you have never addressed her as a lover. How do you know that she will return your love? If she could return it, I confess, Lieutenant, I do not know any one to whom I would more willingly see her united. But if she cannot, how could you assume to become her protector? If such should be the case, and the fortunes of war should deprive her of a brother, rest assured that not only myself but every man in camp would willingly shed his blood in her defence and care for her as a sister thank you i do feel a foreboding of evil i believe i shall be killed in the coming battle and if this should be the case i commend her to your care but my nerves are excited i will walk into the open air no i would be alone he added as one of the officers arose as if to accompany him as he left the tent, one of the party, a Captain Walker, exclaimed, "'Well, I hope things are all right, but I have my doubts.' "'Your doubts of what?' asked Wells. <laughs> "'Well, no matter. You are too directly interested to listen to the explanation. But perhaps you will find out some day.' "'Do you intend, sir, to cast any slur upon Captain Hayward?' Captain Walker did not reply, but left the tent. An hour or more had passed, and Hayward did not return. It was now quite dark when suddenly the assembly was sounded, and, all anxious, the troops fell in. The order was read. 
pack knapsacks and have everything in readiness for a move at daylight all was excitement and every preparation was made for a forward movement but soon it began to be whispered that the orders were to return in a short time it was officially announced that the movement was in reality back to springfield and from thence to rolla and st louis many were the expressions of disappointment and regret and some even ventured to denounce the policy fremont had been superseded in the field and general hunter his successor had abandoned the campaign then on the very eve of its final consummation End of chapter one